Hello, beloved. You are welcome to today's podcast. God bless you for tuning in. Father, thank you for your amazing son and daughter that have chosen to take in your truth today. Bless their day. Let them have an awesome time in the spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Today we will be answering a question and feel free to send us your questions on spirittalkswithnadia.com. Go to our website. Or you can also go to our Facebook and Instagram and send us DMs and messages. We will be sure to get around your question and have your needs met. Today's question is, how about once saved and forever saved? Once and for all saved, basically. This is a misconstrued saying that many believers have fallen into and it's a shame because the enemy is such a spirit of deception that he always twists the word of the Lord. The name Leviathan comes from the Hebrew Leviathan, which comes from a root that means to twist, turn, wind, or coil. So you have to be watchful about that. This is the enemy's original name as the sea monster. You can see that reference in Job. He will coil things up. He will twist the word of the Lord. He will turn the meaning around. He will make it fluffy and windy and take away the content, the deep spiritual content within God's word. Beware. And I'm going to take you to some scriptures that appear to sound like that statement, but are really not. So let's go quickly to Hebrews 10, from verse 9 to 10. It says, Then he said, this is Jesus saying, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. By that will, we have all been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And this is where the once and for all comes. The sacrifice that Jesus Christ paid for us, for cleansing us from sin and taking us from death to life. There's a sentence of death for every soul that sins. The consequences for sin is death. And there was no way out. And year after year, the priests will have to sacrifice for the cleansing of each person. Animal sacrifices were made. And so the Lord God, our Father, provided his son, Jesus Christ, a body so that he can come as flesh and represent every one of us. Take all our sins and nail it to the cross and die to sin. He took all the consequences of our past, present, and forever sins so that anyone who comes to him and asks for forgiveness, their sins will be cleaned out. And so the sacrifice that Jesus Christ paid was not one that would be done yearly like the priests would do back in the day. It was once and for all. And it covers for whatever generation that sin was committed for whatever person committed that sin. So here he says that God takes away the former 
to establish the second. And this second is what Jesus Christ did. And then another scripture that alludes to this once and for all is 1 Peter 3, from verse 18 to 19. For Christ also suffered once for all sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison. So Jesus Christ came, took all our sins, and died on the cross, crucified all of it to the cross. And then the power of the Holy Spirit raised Jesus Christ from the dead, by whom now he also went and preached to those who were in prison. That is a topic for another day, but those are the people gone before. And that answers for many who think that their parents never had or their great-great-great-grandparents never had an opportunity to be saved. So this is what Jesus Christ did. He went and preached to them. And as many of them that believed him were not condemned to hell, they would go to heaven. So Jesus Christ would save all of us. And so even though it was difficult and when he came to the near death of Jesus Christ, he literally asked the Lord that the cup of death be taken away from him. And it's because it was a death that involved a lot of torture from people he loved so dearly. And so it wasn't just a physical pain Christ Jesus was feeling. It was emotional. It was psychological. It was all encompassing. And so you will find the example in John 8 where uh, this lady was caught in adultery. The Pharisees <laughs> and the scribes, these people, you have to know that these people were great lawmakers, but they never agreed on anything. So for them to come together and bring a woman they caught in adultery, you know that, oh, when it comes to being strict on people and not showing grace and love, they would unite. So they brought this woman and they were putting her before the Lord Jesus and trying to tell him that according to Moses' law, that she deserved to be killed. She deserved specifically to be stoned. And Jesus Christ knew they were testing him. And then he just stooped down and began to write with his finger. And you'll find that after Jesus Christ told them, he said that he that is without sin should cast the first stone. And one by one, these guys dropped the stones and left. So first of all, we want to make it very clear that it's not about claiming that we are without sin, right? Because nobody can really claim that these guys dropped these stones and totally left. And then Jesus asked her, has any of your accusers, have they condemned you? She said, no. And the Lord said that neither have I condemned you. And this is the powerful thing he told her. Go and see no more. This is what it's all about. Jesus Christ saves you and gives you the power to go and see no more. Before this was hard to attain. But now we can all attain it through Jesus Christ. 
we can't all attain it. Jesus had to caution her about the dangers of being saved and still messing around with Satan's stuff. It's like, I for one won't condemn you, but there's one that condemns you. There's an accuser that comes at you and your accuser will use people. With that term, accuser is a person that accuses you in the courts. And this one will sure come against you. So don't mess with this stuff. The accuser will have legal rights to claim you as his if you never actively work out your salvation. You're called to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Why is that? Why would you think that because Jesus Christ saved you, you are just free to do whatever, mess around with devil stuff, sin freely, and just assume that, okay, you're going to make heaven? Who told you that if it's not the voice of the enemy himself trying to lure you into sin and make you believe that you are fine so that he can have legal grounds to in turn go and accuse you and stop you from entering into the kingdom? Philippians 2.12 says, Therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed my commandments, so now not only with the enthusiasm you will show in my presence, but much more because I am absent. Work out, cultivate, carry out to the goal and fully complete your own salvation. You are to work out your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling. You should take serious caution. You should be watchful against temptation. You should shrink away from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. You see, if you don't work out your salvation with fear and trembling, and you continue in willful sin, there is no way you can inherit God's kingdom. You are to daily work it out. Many people do not want to change their bad habits. They love a familiar, so even when Christ saves them, some things change, but they want to keep some things. They have the power to constantly go before the throne of God. And this is where grace comes in. And in Titus 2, from verse 11 to 14, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed. And purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. So all this price that Jesus Christ paid is for you to be zealous for good works. Is for you to live soberly and righteously. And to live a godly life today. Whether someone is watching you or not. You should know that you are called to righteousness. This is what grace provides you that you are able. But if you become content with the familiars in your life. And you don't want to leave that thing you enjoy. You are setting yourself up for condemnation. If you continue making excuses like... Oh, I was born like this. 
See, but human nature doesn't want to self-sacrifice. They don't want to commit to working out their faith. They don't want to be moving like Jesus, who chose righteousness above anything else, who chose to please the Lord. People enjoy their sin, and God knows this. You have to have your heart towards God because those who love God obey his word. That is the proof of your love for God. <laughs> when you come to Christ, you have to lose the selfishness to be free. You must set your heart daily to be free from the hook of Satan. The bait of Satan is right before you every day, all around you. You must set your heart to turn away from it. You must commit to daily deliverance. If you don't see that your ways are wrong and ask God to set you free, you will be actively committing your life to the enemy. What do you think this new creation is? It's about a life in Christ. And so I encourage you today because many do not know. Many will be surprised. Scripture says that the road is narrow that leads to heaven and the one that leads to hell is so broad. And many continue living this complacent Christian life. It leads you to hell. As a new creation, you can't throw away words and say mean things and constantly live a horrible life towards people. You can't continue that way. You cannot act in the way you want and say that, oh, that's just how I am. <laughs> you must commit to reveal the new creation that you have become or that you are becoming. Jesus paid for all your sins so that you can come to him and receive the cleansing that his blood provides for you. His blood can cleanse you. But if you live in this false Christianity where you turn people away from the Lord by living a life that is full of rubbish and claiming Christianity, this is what God's word says in Matthew 7 from verse 21 to 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my father who is in heaven. So it's not about, oh, I've given my life to Christ. I've made the confession. No, that is not what counts. He's literally saying here that doing God's will is what proves your salvation. He said in verse 22 of Matthew 7, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and driven out demons in your name and done many mighty works in your name? And then I will say to them, depart. I never knew you. Depart from me, you who act wickedly. You who disregard my commands. And this is no small thing. This should not be taken lightly by any Christian. Because your spirituality will not guarantee heaven. See, these are people who cast out demons. These are people who prophesy like, look at the prophets. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. As long as you are not walking in the will of the Father, your character does not align with God's will, and you're comfortable sitting in it, your choices are not pleasing to God. There is a will of God that would cost you your life. It cost Jesus his life. When he said, Thy will have I come to do, O Lord. When in that garden he said that not my will but yours be done. 
Because left to my will, I would will that this cup be taken away. And so this walk of faith, you don't do your will. Somebody curses you out. Somebody hurts you. Somebody steals from you. People are unjust. People are unfair towards you. You're faced with so much injustice. There's too much pain. You cannot do your will. The challenges are before you. There are easy way out that do not please God. You cannot do your will. You will choose to do God's will. This is what guarantees that when you go to that door of heaven, the Lord Jesus will say, come in. Welcome, good and faithful servant. Welcome into the joy of the Lord. All your spiritual acts and spiritual displays and all of that will not count. So my beloved, be cautious, be watchful. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful. Read the word of the Lord. Understand that the enemy is active. He prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking for who to devour. Don't let the lies of twisted doctrines and theologies penetrate into your heart and destroy you. Choose righteousness. This walk is not easy, but it is worth it. Because Jesus Christ has done the heavy lifting. All you need to do is follow on. May the grace of the Lord be sufficient for you. Of his fullness you have received grace upon grace. Go ahead now in confidence knowing that the price that Jesus Christ paid for you is once and for all. But one saint, forever saint, is not guaranteed. You take the leap of faith and accept Jesus into your life, you work out that salvation with awe, with reverent fear, cautiously. And the Lord will see to it that you receive his affirmation when your time on earth is over. God bless you and may the Lord honor his word in your heart. In Jesus' name, amen.